This is Match Week. Joined by myself, Artie Amini, we discuss everything soccer from the highs and the lows in the sporting week to the news that is relevant to you. You're listening to 90.3 WMSC. Hold on, stop. There we go. Okay, sorry about that. That was a little weird of an intro there. That didn't mean to happen. How are we doing today, ladies and gentlemen? This is Match Week. I hope I'm. I know you guys are thinking. Wait, Artie. I think you're still supposed to have someone with you, right? Well, yes. You know, like he he enjoyed the last time. You know, he's like, you know, what live radio. Wow, what a great thing to do. So now I have him back again. Everyone, please welcome Besmir. Besmir, say hello. Thanks. Hold the applause. Hold the applause because I can't hear it anyway. But uh, no, always an absolute pleasure to be on with you, Artie. I uh. I enjoy hearing myself speak, so this is uh, this is great. I hope the listeners would agree with that, but there's no one in the world I'd rather talk soccer with than you. So, Aww. you know, I uh, really appreciate you having me back on. Thank you, thank you, kind sir. Now, what should we talk? There's a lot that's happened this past week since we last met up. What What is there to first talk about and break down? Oh, man, oh, man. I mean, can, can we go Champions League? The, the Yesterday was ridiculous. Yes, Champ- Champions League we can go with first if you'd like. Yesterday was, I mean, being a Chelsea fan, as we mentioned 25 times last week, um, what a game. What a game. After everyone kind of wrote Chelsea off after a really tough week, getting hammered by Brentford, losing to Real, and then coming back and thrashing Southampton and, you know, going to the Kings of Europe, you know, Real Madrid being a 13-time winner of the Champions League is, is no joke. To come back and, you know, nearly pull off the comeback at, at, you know, the Santiago Bernabe is something that, you know, kind of brings that allure of the Champions League back. I've always said the last handful of years, it's kind of lost its excitement. You know, yesterday was, was exciting as an understatement. I mean, Villarreal knocking Bayern out of the Champions League. Chelsea, Real going to a 5-4 in after extra time. Well, Ridiculous. Well, Hughes think this is going to be the last year where we're going to enjoy the classic Champions League format because now they're changing it, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they might be adding more teams, right? Which They're going to be adding more teams. They're going to be changing the format, how everything goes. But, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I think for now, the I mean, this year... The that excitement that the, only the Champions League brings being the most entertaining sports competition in the world, bar none. The Champions League is just is unreal. You yeah. know, it's for a team like Villarreal, managed by Unai Emery, who was sacked by Arsenal. Yeah, having been a four-time Europa League winner. You know, did the unthinkable, beat Bayern. Tied Bayern, knocked them out. You know, and Bayern, once again, they're they're another massive team, massive club. The fact that they were able to do what they did is credit to Unai Emery and his players. I mean, it astonishing, absolutely astonishing. 
Well, here's the thing, right? Uh, this is happening with a lot of the teams now. Because, for example, Bayern, they're in that in-between stage of being the best team in the world and moving on to being the new best team. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're in that in-between of figuring out what they want to do with their future. For example, like, with Lewandowski's future not certain anymore at the club, uh, you have an aging Manuel Neuer not knowing what to do. You have right-back issues within Pavard, who is not seen out. He's not a right-back, in my opinion. He's a center-back at best. And then you have people like Nicolas Sule, who is still uncertain with his future. Um, and then your the left back scenarios like on and off depending on who's there, you know, like depending if Davies is fit or not, and depending if uh, Hernandez wants to put in a performance. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with you. You know, they're in somewhat of a transition period. Sure, you know, you still look at their lineup yesterday, right? I mean. Me- Manuel Neuer might be aging, but we still have Gigi Buffon going at 42 years old with Parma, right, in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to have the likes of Upa Meccano, Hernandez, Pavard, Kimmich, Goretzka, you know, all on the field for you. You know, Robert Lewandowski, Leroy Sané, Kuman, Musiala, Thomas Muller. It's That's still no joke of a lineup, you know, with, with without any real disrespect to Villarreal. You know, 36-year-old Raul Albiol played 30... I believe he's like 36 or something like that. 34, 36. He's up, he's up there in age, is my point. You know, they have him starting at center back. Giovanni Lo Celso, Etienne Capu, you know, Coughlin, who, you know, did all right in, in the in the Prem. You know, I mean, Estupinian is actually... I, lo- I love, yeah, I love watching him. They, I, I got love him Estupinian play. they got him from a Premier League team. I forgot which one... Um, it was someone who got relegated recently that they had picked them up from. Yeah, but he's you you look at all those players and you'd imagine Leroy Sané's worth on the transfer market is nearly eight or nine of those players combined. You know, for buy it's it wouldn't be it's not an understatement at all to say it was a massive upset. But, you know, Villarreal, hey, they 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 did their job. They're through to the next round of the Champions League, taking out Bayern Munich. You know that's no joke. It it it, it was, it was pretty solid. Um, you know, and, and they, it, you know, they don't do it, you know, out of luck. You know, Unai Emery has a way with European competitions. Clearly, he's shown in the Europa League. You know, this might be the year he shows what he's made of in the Champions League. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Um. Because right now, let's see who's going to be left. Because it's going to be Villarreal against who's ever the winner of the next game of Liverpool Benfica. Then you Liverpool, okay. yeah. Pro- <laughs> we'll say you know, don't give them doubt, bro. They got they nicked the goal in a three one in a three one loss, so we can see what happens. And then um, no offense, Benfica, now they're out. Um, and then you have on the other side, you have Real making it through, and Real's going to versus either Man City or Atletico. That is a massive game. Yes, because. Here's the thing, right? Like, City nicked one goal, right? 1-0, but Atletico locked them down. Like, they were the most creatively frustrated they've ever been in their whole entire, like, club history. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, Atleti is... For anyone that knows me, they know uh, they know my love of Diego Simeone. I believe we touched upon it last week Yes, we did. Um, his players will do anything it takes to win a match. Yep. And if that means sitting back and working their butts off for 90 minutes... To maybe grab one chance on the counter, score one goal, and take the game to penalties, they're, they're going to do it. You know, I 
I think it might be a little bit of a different game plan this time around. I think Atleti might try to shock uh, City and take it to them. You know, did they even have a shot on target last uh, last match? I'm not even sure they really even had a shot on target. Shot. So, it's it's always interesting to see when you have two massive clubs like Atleti and, and City going at it now. You know, well, I'm going to get roasted for saying City's a massive club. Right now, well, massively competitive clubs in Europe, you know, they... They're they're still only a decade old. Um, I mean, but here's I mean, here's the thing we do have to acknowledge that within the past fifteen years they've have been dominant within the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. In the last, in the last do- ten years, maybe. Yeah, you know, not in, for what it's worth. Well, my, my my Chelsea is the best team in England in the last two decades. Well, here's the thing. Okay, so we're gonna do two decades, right? So well, it's since, we, since since we were, so. You guys have been the best team since 2009, I'll say. Oh, I don't know about that. Back-to-back Prems with Mourinho in 2004 and 5, and 5-6. Ah, I, I don't nah. know. You, 2008 made the Champions League final. If we talk about 2000 to 2010, we beat you guys in the Champions League final. In 2008, if we're talking about 2008, if Moscow's pitch was properly oh my dry, God. John Terry doesn't slip. Okay, dude, come on. That's Roman Abramovich's playing ground. He's the Russian. He would have made sure that was on lock well, if that's what we're well, talking well, about. Well, let's, let, let's put it this way. With no disrespect to City. Within eight years of Abramovich taking over Chelsea, they made it to two Champions League finals and won one. Yeah. City got taken over, what, a dozen years ago. They made one final losing to Chelsea. Yeah. You know? Uh, uh, well, losing to Liverpool, they didn't lose Chelsea in the Champions League final. City? Yeah, City lost to Liverpool in the last Champions season. League final. Who did they lose to last season? In the Champions League final, you were just saying. Yes. Who they- did Chelsea beat in the final last year? Kai oh, wait, scored. yeah, that's yeah, right. It, oh, my God. It's all right. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the Liverpool-Man City game. It's that's all right. In all honesty, like I said, the last couple of years, the Champions League hasn't really been that memorable. Well, no, it's just me. the thing is that there's it's so many of the same teams making it to the same spot that you get very confused of which year is what year. Yeah, no, I love the fact that someone like a Villa, Villarreal is his, through the next round over a Bayern. Yeah. Listen, if it was up to me, I'd have I'd have Benfica beating Liverpool, and that, that, would, that would be amazing. You know, uh, but like I said, this is the last year of the traditional Champions League format, so we have to see what happens after this. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be exciting to say the least. You know, but going uh, back to Guardiola for a second, I, I, I'm a huge critic of his, but when people talk about this Guardiola Klopp feud or rivalry in England, with all due respect, how? Great is Klopp when you compare him to what Guardiola's done. Klopp's been at Liverpool for seven years, right? Yeah, he's won one Prem title and one Champions League title. I think I think what that we do have to note here is that it's just what he was able to bring back Liverpool from where they were. Right, they were seen as like sort of as what United are right now as like a, a mediocre club. In all honesty. Yeah, like, but Liverpool no one, thinks they're the best team in the world, for God's sake. Yeah, okay, but that, that's just Liverpool fans, dude. They're uh, you gotta just you gotta deal with it, you know. <laughs> but that that's the tough part is that we have to sort of just understand that Klopp brought them from being a, a nothing team, like to be honest, they they were nothing. Well, they were on they were on a downward spiral, sure. Sort well, of like United now. Well, you know, <laughs> United has been on a downward spiral since, since Ferguson since twenty fourteen. <laughs> yeah, 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 we've been bad. Um. But that's what I'm saying, though. It's like for Jurgen Klopp to come in, to have the team he started out with, and to slowly build that club up. Oh, into I respect something, that. I totally respect I, that. I I think that is total, like deserving for respect. But 
I I do think it's sometimes ridiculous when you try to compare him to someone of let's say of Pep Guardiola. Guardiola, Mourinho, Ferguson, like the. Here's the thing: if if he had done it multiple times, like for example, when he made it to two Champions League finals back to back, if you had won them back to back, then I don't think we'd be able to say anything. And even the Prem's. The first time around, he could have won it, but sort of choked it within that season. Yeah, I mean, when people talk about Klopp, yes, he did a great job rebuilding one of the biggest clubs in the world to being an absolute powerhouse again, and a team that everyone is afraid to face. But also, it was a team that was underrated, because all the names they brought in, no one was expecting to... Yeah, no, he great job recruiting, bringing in players that, you know, now you know are world-class, right? <laughs> But he hasn't built a dynasty yet. A dynasty isn't two big titles. You know, it's a, a dynasty sustained success over a period of time. They've won two big trophies. Yeah, but it, it, yeah, but in a world where where City reigns supreme, where it's whoever outspends City can sort of get to that well, next well, line. No, no one outspends City, right? Well, and that's, that's but, but that's what you need yeah, nowadays to yeah, succeed. But in all honesty, though, let's say you're Liverpool, right? And Last season, I called this. I said it to all of our Liverpool friends, but they all disagree with me, say I'm wrong. But if if Liverpool did not spend the money and catch up on recruiting for their squad depth, they will be annihilated in the, in the league. They will do horrendous, and look what happened last year. No, agreed, agreed. I just think when I, if somebody offers me a team to play in a final or in a decisive league match, I still pick Liverpool over City. I'd want to play Liverpool. I, I'm I'm still afraid to play City. I would play City. You know, I, I just think... The thing is, is that Pep Guardiola has too many slip-ups. Like, there's been so many times where United has won the derby when they had no right to. When when City were clearly levels yeah. above the team that we had. Yeah, that, I mean, that's also just but football, But also... Right? Yeah, but those are big, decisive games. Like, the Manchester derby is the biggest derby in the world, though. Oh, relax there. What? No, relax the, there. What is a better derby? What is Rel- a better derby? El Clasico? El Clasico is not a derby. Like 18 different derbies Darby, in South America? Derby. Okay, that's South America. <laughs> a derby we're talking about between two clubs that live in the same city. Barcelona and Madrid are not the same city. Oh, but it's still a, it's still a derby. It's still a, it's still a massive match. It, it, you, it's not as big as it used to be. No, I don't no know, one, man. no one cares to tune in to watch Ansel Fati and Vinicius Junior. Oh, uh, I don't other. know. I don't know about that. I think the attendance would say otherwise, yeah. considering, with all due respect, Barcelona's women's team just broke the world record. For, yeah, the women's game is on form for, for all all over. Right Ra- now. Real Madrid just knocked out the champions of Europe. Yeah, Real yeah. Madrid just knocked out the champions of Europe. Oh wow! I love how you do this. You love just like. Twisting things and make it. But see- what I'm saying, no. But like, here's the thing: you like you always have to twist something to somehow make yourself right. Okay. Oh no! Listen, I'm just saying. I Manchester United, Man City. It would be a great derby if United was any good. Okay. We meet besides this last game that happened where we got absolutely annihilated. It's been a close derby every time. Well, well, that that that's only because United sits back and hopes for the best. But nah, okay. coming from the Chelsea fan, really sit back and hope for the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I'll take it. We won the Champions League, conceding the fewest amount of goals. Okay, ever. but yeah, but I'm just saying you can't. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is that you can't say that and then be like, oh, because they sit back. Oh, but I can. We're we're currently a quality side while United struggled for the last eight years. Okay, we're, <laughs> dude, we're both struggling in the same regard. We might be Whoa. seventh right now, but you just got knocked out of the Champions League. 
you, you're not even in the Champions League. <laughs> okay, but we got knocked out just as well. Like you, you can't make we're, these we're, arguments We're right third now. place in the league. You're fighting for Europa Conference League qualification. Uh, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Are you, like, you, you, you Listen, can't, I you, love, just to be clear for anyone listening, I, I massively respect Manchester United, but they, they, they need to get their act together is all oh, I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean... That, that's an understatement. I, I feel like we're at a family dinner and this, or like like every no, day. We're, we're arguing, nah, we argue nah, like this every nah, day for the nah, listeners nah, at home. Yeah, because no, here's the thing. Like Be- Besmer and I were controlled about it. We know when to be right and when we're wrong. But then when you have Besmer's dad into the picture, he's like, oh, Bajo, Bajo, no, Bajo, Bajo, no, Bajo, no. Listen, my dad is a Chelsea fan like myself. And he and I will argue because after yesterday's result, the okay, entire on. sporting world here's, is backing Thomas Tuchel. My dad wants him fired. Here's the question. Do you agree with that starting lineup against Real Madrid, personally? Everyone except Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Lord have mercy. I don't, but even Marcus Alonso, dude. Like, I get it. He had a, he had a disallowed goal yesterday. Yeah, yeah, but he, had a, but, he had a great game. I, I, ah. Who else are you going to play left wing back? If Ben Chilwell is healthy, he starts. Who else are going to play left wing back for us? Per, uh, personally, I, th- I think you have a better chance of... Having maybe a Reese James play out of position at left wing back, and maybe put Aspie the Quaita out right, but but or that, even have Aspie play left. But that's the thing, I, we would have been dismantled if Reese James wasn't playing the right center back role where he was yesterday. Um, what do you mean he was playing right back though? You guys were playing a back four yesterday. No, dude. it was a, it was a back five with Loftus Cheek. He just didn't like to defend. Uh, and no, that, but you and that's guys a, were playing a back four. Did not try to defend no, the back no, no, five. No, 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 no. It was a back five. It was not a back five. Ruben Loftus Cheek was the right wing back. It, no, dude, no. Ruben, Ruben Loftus Cheek was just in the middle the whole time. That's that's basically what uh, was Ruben Loftus Cheek was out of position. Ruben Loftus Cheek was attempting to play right wing back yesterday. He he was doing it very poorly. Once again, that I've never heard my dad so upset. In his, my dad got up and left the room like four times during. The, he's like, I, the, "I'm done watching this." But, he, but that's the thing. Like, if you're gonna play at the five of the back, why would you not just have Christensen, Rudiger, Thiago Silva? Well, they they needed Reese James for the Reece, pace to keep Vinicius. Yeah, Reese James out wide. Have him play run that whole entire. Right yeah, side. but he's just what what did, what did Vinny Junior do in the, in the first match against Chelsea? He he burned them alive because no. Christensen isn't quick. Thiago Silva has the same pace as I do. So Listen, he's still world-class, but yeah, he's but yeah, you have to same You have to understand, though. Like, last game, Real Madrid were able to pull you guys apart because they, they attacked you guys at your pressure points. They had purposely put Valverde on Marcus Alonso, basically make sure that he was able to just intercept the ball and not let Alonso be able to do anything, dude. No, listen, I, I would totally disagree with you, coming from the simple fact that Reese James coming at the right center-back position... Okay, but was there for his pace? Okay, but he needs to be there. But and here's the thing. But then just tell me this: Who would you have in that starting lineup? Like, what would be your starting lineup there? My, the only difference I would make would be Loftus Cheek for Aspilicueta. I would leave Reese James at the right center back role. Christensen would get burned by Vinny Jr. I, I think there's also a bigger issue. We're having too much having, pace with having Werner and Mount starting up top over no, Pulisic, the, the, over a Pulisic and a Ziyech. I think Mount should have oh played Lord. more central. In front of a Kovacic and a Conte, but oh, that's how you know you're not a Chelsea supporter. Oh God! Yeah, because I'm I'm rational. Are you kidding me? Hakim Ziyech, as soon as he came on yesterday, showed why he should be starting for Chelsea. No, the second Werner came off, we lost control of the match. He we did not he, lose he, control of the match. We completely did. Did you watch the whole match? I watched the whole match. Oh dude. Lord, oh Lord! The second the second Pulisic came on for Werner, 
we lost control of the whole match. What do you mean? Werner as, was as, dangerous as, the entire match. Okay, as so was, so was Pulisic. As soon as Pulisic came on, he created three chances for you guys, dude. But he didn't score any of them. Okay, that, well, Werner well, did. Okay, Werner got a lucky goal, dude. Oh, don't call that goal. That's that is so disrespectful all luck, to him. Dude, are you kidding me? That's not disrespectful, dude. Oh, my. Oh, my. Lord. Listen, if you were to sit and watch, like, the the movement of the Chelsea players yesterday, when they were in possession, like, the when they created... Werner's goal, it was, it was just, it was, if any of my players ever hear, listen to this, it's all just passing and moving, and rotating, and players rotating out of the mid, out of the midfield, it was, it was a, Thomas Tuchel put on, he nearly put on a master class yesterday. Look, I agree, Tuchel did a great job yesterday. Werner was phenomenal. But I would argue to the end of time. I'll argue to the end of time the pool six just started. What? Pulisic is more effective for that Chelsea team than Timo Werner. All right, all right. Now With let's that, move on. Let me tell you about uh, what United should be doing. Okay, yeah, do please. Because watch, watch, honestly, watch, they have ideas. Watching they every ideas. Chelsea match week in, week out. Well, every three days in, three days out because they play at least twice a week now. Yeah. Werner, it, Werner. From from South, he scored two goals against Southampton. Hit the post three times. Yeah. Came in, played well. I my argument would have been this: Werner. Should have been kept on the field. If anything, I would have pulled Loftus Cheek out. He shouldn't start. And put I, I think Pulisic at right I, wing back, I, I, like he's I, played I, a few times. I think we both agree that Loftus Cheek should have not played at all yesterday. I, I would have played Pulisic even at the right wing back. Well, if you're not going to bring Espelicueta down, you want to keep some pace out there. Put Pulisic at the right wing back position. Eh, okay. Yeah, he's slightly out of position, sure. And then if you are going to make a sub, it has to be Zayek for Mount. Keep first of all Kai Havers is class. Yeah, I agree with that. Let. Zayek step in and play with Werner and Havertz. Havertz and Werner make wonderful runs. You know, yeah, Mason Mountain brings a lot of energy. I think Mason Mountain was one of our best players yesterday. He's yeah, that's why I always say consistent. I, I don't disagree with him not you know, starting yesterday, but, but I, I think personally, when you look at Mason Mountain, you see that he thrives at his best when he's at a midfield three. Well, uh, it, it depends. I mean, I think, listen, I... Because think about it, as as a cam, no, you're able to just make your your freeloading runs wherever you want to go. That's where he sort of prefers. Well, we can talk about different starting lineups, right? The entire day. However, they went up three nil with the lineup that Tuchel put out there. So it did, did the job. But, yeah, but that's that's Tuchel doing his, but his ha- thing. Though. But Loftus Cheek starting was a reason for that, you know, and he has to have his own reasoning behind it. It might have well, been his aggressiveness, I mean, or the, or just you know I, he had to do Kyle Walker movements into the midfield. Or the thing is with with Lafshik, he's just he's really good at pressing on the ball, as what we've seen when he's played at Fulham or Crystal Palace or his like or his small moments of playing at Chelsea. He's very good at pressing people on the ball. Yeah, well, listen, he's 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 a big boy, isn't he? So yeah, he you know they might have wanted his physical presence in there. I mean. I can. I had this argument with my dad yesterday. Like we can, we can say whatever we want, but after being three one down and everyone in the world, including myself, writing Chelsea off, you know, still having hope, but writing them off. Yeah. In the second leg, to come out and to be under, you know, it's it wasn't just another game for Chelsea. You know, the club's currently being sold under the all the craziness that's happening with all the sanctions. Tuchel has his own personal drama going on. Player contracts not being renewed. Christensen, Rudiger not knowing if they're staying or going next season. With all of this happening, for Tuchel to say, and then 
get beaten by Real 3-1, get hammered 4-1 by Brentford at home, you know, two big home losses, to come out and respond the way Chelsea did, it shows exactly the reason why Thomas Tuchel deserves to stay at Chelsea as long as he wants. Yeah. He has... He has... But I, I, think, I, I, I think right now what you're doing moment. is you're defending Tuchel when you have no need to. Like, you, well, no, like I'm, I'm so, not. I'm not arguing with you about that. I don't think there's well, an issue with what Tuchel's been doing. Well, he's shown that his decisions, like his decisions yesterday, were the reason we went up three one. You know, like the the we concede that you know one of our goals yesterday, the second goal, because of a Ruben Loftus cheek error, he he gives the ball away just on the edge of our defensive third. They go and they score a goal. And he he loses it. He's out of position. But then also that that Modric pass, bro. Oh, let's listen. It's dude. I'm like as soon as I saw that happen, I'm like Chelsea deserves to lose, bro. That's yeah, that's no, he's, class right there. It's funny. Did you see the announcers? You know, they're, they're Tony Cruz is mouthing why me. You know when he got subbed off, and then Modric does that. Well, that's why you got pulled <laughs> off, Tony. He also you know? he also had a, free, a few missed free kicks. You know. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. When I when I look at the big difference is Real Madrid made all the substitutions that came out for Real Madrid all the substitutes were all class were all effective. Kamavinga, dude, um, I don't know how he's not I don't know how he's not starting consistently for that team. Yeah, yeah, it's he he was solid. Every, everyone that came on was amazing for Real yesterday. Because I don't, I don't think what people don't understand is that if you just have Valverde and Kamavinga just covering all this space for Modric. Modric will still be that world class player who won a Ballon d'Or, you know. Yeah, well, I, I think, with all due respect to Ancelotti, I think Carlo went out and put out the midfield three with the most experience yeah. that wouldn't, you know, that would be able to control the game and kind of keep the result, mm-hmm. you know. And in all fairness, it would have worked if Chelsea hadn't been, if, if they hadn't reacted. You know, m- most teams don't react like that. No, and, and go out and, you know, with remember. Yeah, Chelsea got knocked out yesterday. They won the match three two. Yeah, they did. You know, it, fairness, it, it, they did. you know, it was it was three one at the end of uh, at the end of ninety minutes at the end of regulation, and you know that needs to be applauded plenty. You know, and then well, the fact that there's also the issue of like why why are we changing the away goal rule though? You know, oh, we can step into that. That VAR, a lot of these recent rule changes, uh don't make me happy. Look, VAR. It has its place, but sadly, it's being misused. Yes, like there's like there's times where VAR should only be stepping into play if there's a serious call missed or miscalled. That's well, all it should be. Well, I, I think there's certain things like, for example, the goal Chelsea scores. Yeah, where we got a corner, but it wasn't a corner. Now you you're not going to go back and look at that call, but you go back. 10 seconds earlier, like, oh, was there a foul, you know, in the defensive third before we went and scored a goal, uh, uh, you know, 10 passes later? Yeah, that's, that's... It's, ri- it, it's, it's ridiculous, you know. It, it shouldn't be used as a rewind feature. It should be used as, like, a like a proactive feature. Yeah, I It mean, should be, if, if they, if, if they're proactively seeing a foul and it's not being called, not even to the point of advantage, right? Because we understand that you can't interfere with what the referee sees as, as advantage for the game. But if something's so blatant that's being missed, there's serious issues there. Yeah, I mean, honestly speaking, the excitement of playing a match. And now it's different in the Prem because the quality of officiating has... has 
dropped has been thrown off a cliff yeah um like the cliffs the grand canyon mm-hmm. uh it's it's taken some excitement away right that go- that this allowed Marcus Alonso goal yesterday because it hit off it it skimmed his hand instead of just hitting off his torso before he put a bullet into the top corner with his right foot comes gets called back you know, a lot of these marginal offside calls they make in most matches, I enjoy the craziness of officials getting a call wrong, of everyone quite... Like, that drama is something that's been taken away from the uh, oh, oh, taken away from the beautiful game that, honestly, I I enjoy the madness, you know? And it, and it goes with the away goal rule. Like, yeah. I, I think the away goal rule just made everything that much more entertaining. Well, yeah, because it, it also made people have to work harder when they're away from home. Yeah, it just made everything more difficult. Like show up to show up to Anfield. Yeah. Show up to Anfield and, and, and score a goal. If if you if you can score a goal and take a 1-1 draw at Anfield, you deserve to be up a bit. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's a daunting place to play from what I've heard or what I've seen. Um, you know, every manager says Anfield is there's something different about it or you go to the Theater of Dreams or you know, you go to the half full Etihad. Um, it's the away goal rule just made everything a little more hectic. And honestly, everyone loves everyone loves some madness in their oh, yeah, lives, hundred percent, right? But in, in the right places, the the away goal rule is just so much fun. Like trying to explain to someone who doesn't follow the sport why some goals are worth more than others, but they're not really, but they are. Yeah, you know that's you know, and then VAR and stuff like this. I mean, they they might as well start. Giving uh, coaches red flags so they can start challenging plays. I mean, honestly, at this point, you know, I I think, uh, so, I mean, some of the some of the stuff is just ridiculous. But you know, I understand the point behind VAR. Like, listen, goal line technology, brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm a lover of Frank Lampard and his biggest supporter. Love 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 the man against Germany. His goal doesn't get counted because there's no there's no uh, goal line technology in the World Cup against Germany. Germany goes and embarrasses England the, uh, the other way after that goal. Entire yeah. momentum shifts. Chelsea's Chelsea's on their way to embarrass Real Madrid at, at uh, what's called in the Champions League last night. Marcos Alonso's goal gets ridiculously called offside because if it hits his hand and he scores, it doesn't count. But if it hit his hand like that and his teammate puts him back in the net, it suddenly is okay. Because it's not directly involved. Oh, come on. Give me a break. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough time. Tough time. Yeah, it, it's... But, I mean, we can... I can complain all day. I'm just very proud of the performance Chelsea Football Club put in yesterday. With the teams that are left, who do you think is going to win? It's tough, man. You have a, you have a Real Madrid side that's, that's not going to give up. You have maybe Man City or Atletico. I... I think City wins. I think City wins as well. Because they, they were able to nick a goal the first time around, and that was with Atletico having zero possession whatsoever and just defending. I mean, I would love to see Villarreal win. Yeah. I would love to see them win. Everyone loves a good underdog story. Um, and at the same time, if I have my pick, I think City-Liverpool get through today. And I don't want either of them to win it. Because to be honest, I, I hope I hope neither City nor Liverpool make it through, and it's Lego and Benfica. Oh, I would I would love that. I mean, I not to be sour or anything, but to to have another English side win the Champions League, especially Liverpool fans, 
We'll never hear the end of it. Here's the thing, I'd much rather hear action. I wouldn't hear. I wouldn't much rather hear City fans cheer about it either. You know, well, like yeah, because then Guardiola is the greatest manager in history. And yeah, but he's not. We are the greatest team club. We're the biggest club in the world. Like you'd hear a lot of that crazy stuff. I would consider Real Madrid winning it okay because hey, just let them win it. They've won plenty. Listen, what's the big difference between 13 and 14 Champions League titles? Or, or let Villarreal win it. Or yeah, Fico. a big underdog story would be phenomenal. Or maybe Atleti pulls the upset today. I, I, I think City are massive favorites over Atleti. Well, here's the crazy thing, right? Let's say if hypothetically Benfica makes it through, you know, because I'm, I'm a believer in this, very, right? Very impossible, but okay. <laughs> yeah, well, then, then it's Benfica versus Villarreal, you know? Like, That's a good match. That that would be so much fun to watch. Yeah, that would be. Um, So here, here's the thing, right? So... Let's move on from the Champions League because we have, you know, uh, a tough choice to make. And um, right now, uh, we see that we have, we have, you know, the Premier League looking a little uh, suspect today, you know? Something's looking a little off. Uh, I'm not talking about United. I'm saying this right now. I am not talking, I'm not talking about United. What are you thinking, Besmir? Um, looking at the Premier League, right, I... What's the right way to put it? I, I'm I'm happy because Chelsea looks to hopefully have secured third place. Now with no Champions League left, we have an we have an FA Cup semifinal against Palace this weekend. And after that, it's you know, obviously I believe we'll beat Crystal Palace. We beat Palace, and then our focus is only on the Prem the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, we secure third place, you know, and for what's been a a transition, not a tra- even a transition year for Chelsea, but a, se- a a season full of a season full of you know some a lot of questions and hurdles for the club. You know, we win our game in hand. We are nine points behind City. It's not that's not the end of the world. You know, it's it's not it's not too bad of a you know too bad of a season finishing third. Right now we're nine points behind City. A couple of slip ups for them or Liverpool puts us a little closer. You know, we don't have a Champions League to worry about anymore. We are solely focused on the league and the FA Cup at this point. You know, looking at everyone else in the table, I think City wins the title regardless. The only way City doesn't is if they make the Champions League final and they ha- and they have to pick and they go to rest players in their last match for whatever reason. But I don't even, I don't even think that happens with with Manchester City's depth. You know, and even the schedule they have coming up, you know, yeah, they play what's going to be a great match on Saturday against Liverpool. But then, you know, they have Wolves, Brighton, Watford, Leeds, Newcastle. Mm-hmm. You know, Aston Aston Villa on the last on the last day of the season. But then they have West West Ham is West Ham maybe leads United because of Jesse Marsh being brilliant with them right now. You know, I I think City doesn't that really was, even lose a match. That, rest that was of the that was under that was an underrated appointment, no, of Jesse Marsh. I feel like a lot of people didn't really understand what he could actually do uh, for Leeds, and th- I feel like that's wrong because we've seen him for the Red Red, Red Bull Group for the longest time, just be on top form and be just be top class for them. Yeah, Jesse Marsh. Well, first of all, before we even get into him, I read an article about him yesterday and how crazy he was as a player, and it was brilliant. Him getting into like fist fights and stuff with his teammates, and, and I forget which teammate it was. Get get into a fight in training. Teammate knocks him out in one punch. It was hilarious. Like 
Now, not that I'd ever condone violence on the training on on the training ground or any of that, but that's that's brilliant. And then the next day, he him him and the same teammate are carpooling to practice. Like, I I just think that was hilarious. You know, it was a. You know, that whole article was just hilarious. I thought it was brilliant. It just kind of shows the character because you watch Jesse Marsh now, and Jesse Marsh is this composed and, you know, super. He's super composed, professional, you know, cool headed until he gets mad at the refs, of course. You know, but his results since he's taken over Leeds have been, you know, have been great. He's. People are saying he's cleaned up Bielsa's mess, but I actually think he's a proper modern progression from the. Bielsa methodology at Leeds. You know, since he's come in, you know, he's he's pulled results over Watford and Wolves. You know, he's beaten Norwich. You know, it's it's been alright. Listen, some tough matches, yeah, everyone has, you know, tough, but they've they, they've done a pretty decent job. And I think Jesse Marshall will be successful there. And I don't think it's his last job in the in the Prem. You know, I think Jesse Marshall will be at Leeds for a bit. And eventually you know, there's a good chance I think Jesse Marsh moves on to a bigger job. I think he's done, he's done well. Well, here's and, the, he was linked for the United job for a long time. I mean, I spoke about it on the when we did the United episode thank way while. God, ago. he didn't get the United oh, job. Oh yeah, if he did, Lord, he, he would have been eaten up like he would have been eaten up bad. He, six months in, he'd get the sack and his career would be over. Yeah, he, he'd end he'd end up at Stoke City in League One or League Two, wherever Stoke City is right now. No offense, yeah. to Stoke. I love Stoke City. Yeah, but it's you know Leeds is a perfect. All you have to do is keep them up, and it's a successful season. Yeah, but do you think that they were harsh against uh, Marcel Bielsa? I think there comes a time, and remember, I'm a Chelsea fan, so we're quick to give everyone the sack. Yeah. Um, you know, right now, Leeds are sitting in 16th place, right? They, yeah. you know, people might think that looks comfortable and whatnot, but Everton is two, has two games in hand, five points behind I think Leeds will stay up. I think Everton stays up, just to get this out of the way. I think Burnley, Watford, Norwich are out. Um, Honestly, I don't want I don't want, I, I don't want Watford to be out, bro. Oh, yeah. Well, we don't always get what we want. Uh, I know, because it's like, I'd much rather see Everton fall and crumble. Oh, that, that that's that's rude. No, no, no. no. Why? Because no. Why? it's Frank Lampard? No, 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 no. It's not because it's Lampard. It's because Everton deserve what's coming to them, because they've mismanaged managers. They've... Mismanaged the team. They were so cocky and not putting in any relegation clauses. Because if you look at every other team that finishes 10th or lower, they all have relegation clauses in each of their players' contracts. Every single one of them. Yeah, no, that's... I understand that. I mean... It's just they're, they're, they're... They're they're being ran just as poorly as United, except they don't have the mainstay of United. It's yeah. the best way to explain it for them. Yeah, no, I... I... I wouldn't say no to that. They're also in a transition period, and the transition periods for an Everton are a lot tougher than Union United because they don't have the bankroll behind them. They don't have well Everton. I mean, the they've been they've been. You see how much money they've spent in the past five years, dude? They've almost outspent City and Liverpool. Like yeah, and one, close, and, very close. One of those buys were James Rodriguez, who, Lord. Yeah, but no that, yeah, but not him, even but. James. Let's say when they brought in Davy Klassen, Gilfie Sigurdsson, and Wayne Rooney within the same transfer window. Yeah, no, that's. I think. Now I still have some. Qu- I love Frank Lampard. We've spoken about this already today. Frank Lampard's great and all. I'm still struggling to see what his playing style 
for his teams as a manager is, is yeah you know he he seems to want his teams to play sort of like the first Ch- Mourinho side at Chelsea played where it was all pace and power and it was you know it was grown men battling it out on the pitch for 90 minutes yeah but that's just sadly what the game isn't is anymore yeah know? no the the modern player you know and I see this myself it's Players aren't as mature, aren't as developed physically, mentally, emotionally as they as they were. Now, the great new trend we talk about is how, especially in in the area I coach in northern New Jersey, they, there's a big trend on going to the gym and the yes. whole fitness lifestyle. So that's 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 brilliant. But just real quick, you are listening top of the hour, Upper Montclair, WMSC. You know, looking at the modern player, it's become more of a challenge dealing with, you know, more young, youthful players. I'm, I'm not, not, I wouldn't say immature, um, but it is, it's just different than the players that Frank Lampard played next to in his first, in, you know, in his first Chelsea Mourinho side. Yeah. You know, so... Whereas you used to have these hard-hitting players, even we see it at the college level, you know, mm-hmm. it used to be there used to be grown men fighting it out, you know. It's the easiest way to motivate them used to be, hey, you're competing against each other to earn a spot in our lineup to help our team win, and it's it's a competition amongst all the players, you know, get after it, get going. Whereas now from what my experience shows me is while Jesse Marsh used to get into fist fights with his teammates back back in, you know, whenever it was, in the, uh, when he was at Columbus Crew, whereas he used to get into fist fights, nowadays you, you, need all, you need teammates, you know, to be best friends and to be willing to fight with each other for yeah. each other instead of against each other. Which I think is sort of an improvement into the game, you know, like where players now actually have the ability to play with each other, you know? Yeah, and, you know, with that, you know, it's brought a more fun style of play, to say the least, where everything's gotten super technical now. Everyone in the world, for the most part, is all about attack, attack, attacking football. You know, high press, high press, high press, win the ball back, attack, 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 and repeat, and repeat, and repeat. You know, now, it's led to certain downfalls. Like, there's, there's some teams that, you know, across all levels, really struggle to absorb pressure and sit in a low block. You know, tactically, it's proven to show have some challenges. You know, as a coach, to try and teach players how to absorb pressure in a low block and, you know, to be willing to surrender possession at times is a tremendous task all in itself because their response is, oh, coach, can't we just high press? And then you try to high press against a side that 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 looks like they have eleven Chavis on the field, and you know you get torn apart. Yeah, I, that's the thing, right? Because like the players, they say something, and because they they see it, but then they don't understand what it means to actually execute it. You know, it's, it's they're almost, all optimists. Yeah, you know, it's it's like oh, coach, you know, we can press hard. Yeah, we can press for ninety minutes. I'm like, you do not have the stamina nor the fitness to be doing this. You can <laughs> calm down over there. The the greatest thing in the world about the innocence of a youth player specifically yeah. is they think they have all the energy and quality and talent in the world 
Mm-hmm. And it's it, it's that confidence, or listen, some players don't have that confidence. I'm lucky where, you know, a big focus at the club I work with at North Jersey FC focuses on building confidence in our players. Well, speaking of North Jersey FC, we had a great weekend with the boys, yeah? Yeah, it was. I mean, I mean, the results don't speak it. The weather don't. The weather yeah, didn't either. The weather, the weather was miserable. So here's the thing. So we we had we had our own derby right against our our local rivals. Oh yes, and we that did. game the weather made no sense. It went from being bright and sunny to like nice cool breeze to what flurries? Where did those come from? Yeah. To oh sun showers? Those are nice, you know. Well, North Jersey FC didn't lose a match this weekend. No, we we didn't. We didn't. Our O fours played two matches. Our O five O six boys played two matches. The O fours drew against Jersey Crew, and then they went and they beat. Who'd they beat on? And then they beat Carter at SA on Sunday. Yeah. And then the 0506s had a very tight schedule with two matches in a day, which it was excessive. But we have a roster big enough to have two teams go to two different games. But also, it was just tough to have some of our boys who are fasting have to play in multiple oh, yeah, games. Which, you know. You know, and I know he's going to listen to this, so I'm going to shout Usman out on this. <laughs> the kid played nearly two full matches fasting, and, you know, to see a kid who, you know, we sit there, and you and I were on the bench together for both these matches. Yeah. To sit there and really keep a close eye on him to make sure he's doing all right, and, you know, player health and safety is always our top concern. You know, to see him come off the second match and be like, hey, yeah, no, Coach, don't worry. I was playing center back. I don't run that much back there. <laughs> to look at him, you know. That is the youthful exuberance that uh, the modern day youth player brings, which is yeah. amazing. Like, they just want to play. That's that's the biggest thing. It's like a lot of these kids. It's always about playing for not improvement, but playing to prove something. Like they're the best or something. Whereas kids just want to play. Like they want to. Like these kids want to play and just have fun. Yeah, and you when know? you get a good mix of it, is when it's the most exciting. Like yeah. Coach Lou says, we need soccer junkies. Yeah, you know, kids who. They don't care if they're playing, you know, in an alley, 3v3, and, you know, there's goals drawn on walls with chalk or, you know, using your backpacks as goals or kids playing a 11v11 match for their club, for their high school, for their town, in a rec league, in a men's pick, whatever it might be. Yeah. You know, it is, those are the kind of players that are the most fun to coach because mm-hmm. you can ask them to do anything. Like, yeah, coach, that's not a problem. I'll... I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll do this. It's you, you make me think of my U eight girls. I have this. Uh, I have a little dude. She's so tiny, but uh, her name's Annabelle. And I'll just throw her on. And I'm just like Annabelle. Just make sure you run to that part. She's like, okay. Like and it just does it. <laughs> she just like runs. She, she's like she's tiny. Granted, so every time she steps through the ball, she like falls over. I look at her like, Yo, okay. She's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and just gets up and goes again. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean the that. I want to say almost innocence of the youth player where, yeah. you know, you know, th- some some know how to play the game, you know, figuratively and literally, you know, where they know how to say and do the right things at the right time in front of the coaching staff and whatnot. And that I have massive respect for because yeah. you need to learn how to play the game to succeed. Uh, you know, it's just a sad reality that there's more politics involved in sport than there should be. Well, that's that's with every part of sport. It's and like, life. Let's be real. Yeah, like yeah. If if you look at let's say England FA to the U.S. Men's National Team to the leads at certain youth clubs, you know, it's it's just it, it's it's just a wild time, you know. And a lot a lot of times it's tough just to be able to pick a person, just to be able to pick them. It's like, oh, we're gonna pick 
Giassi Zardes because he's been playing well for his team. Let's call him up. But it's like, oh, actually, we can't call Giassi because we promised X, Y, and Z person that we do uh, this, this, and that. And it's just tough, you know? Yeah, it is. But, you know, that's why I... Granted, this is not slander towards Giassi's artist. I want to make that very clear. Um, I, I, I'm not speaking poorly about you. Not saying you're involved. In it, just using it as an example. Thank you. All right. Yeah. I mean, if Giassi's listening to this, who knows, bro? They they might say I'm I'm being slanderous on this show. That is not what we're about. Yeah. No. No. I mean, if you want my opinion, I don't think he'll be on the roster for the World Cup. But oh yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. see what Burhalter does. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you know. So when you look at all of the, you know. Being able to coach youth soccer, I mean, a lot of our players were asked to play double games on Sunday mm-hmm. on the 05-06 team. They went to that second match. The weather only kept getting colder. Yep. An hour, hour and a half after our last match to step into there and do what they did to pull ahead 1-0 with 10, 11 minutes left in the match. I know, which was a great free kick, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah Piotr hit it very, very well. I, I had no I, faith he was going to hit target. Oh, I did. I called in on the sideline. I looked at all the boys. I'm like, this is going in. Yeah, no, I had no faith in him. I thought he was in a sky. And a, and you, see, you see, just like you, I'm an optimist, but for everything the players do, okay? Yeah, no, I... No, total realist. I'm like, yeah, he's... <laughs> But I should have known. I mean, he is our leading goal scorer on the team. I think he scored all of our goals this season. <laughs> We've scored four and four matches. He has four and four matches. Uh, um, he, you know, that whole team. That halftime of that match was the most important point of our weekend, because it we were at. It was nil nil. The boys were a little slumped. Like they had, it seemed like they were a little they, down they, about they, something. They, they were, you know, some were tired. It had been a long day. You know, they were kind of hitting that slump. Um, you know, it was nap time. Uh, it was great napping weather too. Oh, oh dude, brilliant just napping weather. Ugh. You know, and I kind of went out there, and I, I wasn't gonna tell them anything tactically, honestly. For any, if any of those parents are listening from that team, or anyone that thinks, wow, you know, that must have been some team talk. All of it was pretty much, hey, like you guys just gotta go out there and fight for the next forty-five minutes, yeah. and you know, kind of just give it all you got. But the and, one, but the one thing we had also said is that I think it's the biggest issue with the common. Uh, soccer player within the youth system is that a lot of kids are afraid to play harsh. You know, like they're they're afraid. Oh, to be physical. Of, uh, yeah, they're afraid to be physical. And I I'm, and the point that you and I had made it is that you, right now you're not playing. <laughs> I technically I made that point and you listened and then you re-explained it to them, and you actually quoted me, but. The point that was made to the kids was that you're not playing in practice right now against your friends. You're playing in a game, and we have to get the win. Yeah, and it's and that's where this innocence of the modern day player comes in. Where when 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 I used to play, you know, if it was a fifty fifty ball, oh suds up fifty fifty. You know, if I was going for a challenge <laughs> in a fifty fifty, like it's I'm I'm going in to win the ball and and leave no doubt in my mind that that guy is going to be able to dribble past me with that ball. Or he's gonna win this ball. I I made sure of it. Yeah. You know the modern day player has more feelings towards the other team, and sometimes they are well. It sometimes too it's nice. A, it, well, it sometimes is a good thing and it's a bad thing. It's a good thing because you know there's less fight. Like for example, we've had a fair share of you know fights happening on the pitch when we're not even involved, and we've seen it. You know, oh, and yeah. it's just over o- overly aggressive. Whereas now these kids. They just want to play and have fun, which is a very good and very positive thing. But sadly, it's 
it, it sometimes doesn't relate into how how hard you have to leave it all on there, you know. Yeah, with these, and I think it's a big like reputation thing, right? Everyone wants to make sure they're not known as a dirty player and stuff. And which is, I I, I love that. Fair. It's respectable, yeah. you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no one wants to be known as the next, you know, Gennaro Gattuso because he he was terrifying. Um, yeah. You know, Gattuso was an animal, and he's known for being super physical, whatever, and sometimes not in a positive way. Um, you know, where that halftime talk was, hey, boys, like, we really have to understand, you know, we'll create more opportunities to goal winning those 50-50s if, if, we, if we go in to win them and not just to challenge for them, you know? Well, to go into our mindset to think, okay, I'm going to challenge for this 50-50 versus I'm going in to win this ball. Because that's, that's the thing with our boys, right? Like, I see them... They're all they're all so nice. You're, no, but you're saying I see them all as class players. They know what to do. They know what to do when they have the ball. At their feet. Let's be real. Not all of them. No well, offense it, to some of the boys, but not all of them are class players. Okay, some of them are you, working you know very what? hard you, to be class players. You know what? Players. I'm gonna give them. I'm gonna give them the credit that's due. All right. They they need to be a little bit fair. So here's the thing, right? These the only issue I've seen most of the time with the boys is that when it comes to winning that first ball in the midfield, right? A lot of times, you know, like myself or yourself or any other person that we know, they'll be arms wrapped around making sure they're winning that first ball, whereas they'd much rather wait for them to get that touch and then step in, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's all about this whole finesse thing. Like, hey, let me show you what I can do without getting dirty. Yeah, yeah. Um, And, the, you know, the good thing is, like you said, we are creating smarter players or we're trying our best to create smarter players yeah. and, and problem solvers. You know, but sometimes... Check it down dirty. Easiest way to solve a problem, it's going for the challenge and win the ball. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's with all credit to them, they went in, they did that in the second half. I think a one-one result in that match was fair. You know, they scored with what the last kick of the game. But I can't be upset with my players about that. You know, that halftime talk was all about playing with more heart, yeah. going out there and giving it all you got for the guy next to you. You know, it was it was if if they recorded it, I would have totally. Had like three million views on YouTube or something like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. That's the com- exaggerating. That's the fine. comments would have been like, "Wow, who's that guy on the side helping him out?" You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who's is isn't that guy from Match Week? Uh, is, uh, isn't, isn't that guy from a different club? I don't know. <laughs> it. It was a good weekend for the boys. Yeah. You know, to in the first match, yeah, we we let ourselves down. We played opposition we should have beat. We tied them nil nil. Couldn't. Where it it was. It was, we were uninspired in front of well, goal. Also, it was rough. it was just they like I feel like the issue is also was that they didn't know when to take the right chance cuz we were we're all about getting that perfect shot for the perfect goal instead of just like you don't just take a shot. You know what's going to happen. Like Piotr's free kick. You think he knew what was going to happen? No, he was taking a shot and praying <laughs> for the best. Like <laughs> I feel like that's what a lot of us do most of the time. Honestly, you shoot and hope for the best. Are you kidding me? That that describes my my very small playing career, dude. Like, well, well two thirds of the goals I score ever are I'm gonna hit it very hard towards goal, and hope and hope it works no, 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 out. No, no, you're all about that cross cross goal shot, bro. You love you love being on one side and shooting towards the other side of the goal. See, that is that is your that is the only thing you do. That's how you know you shoot enough and you do it well <laughs> enough. Where even when you don't know what you're doing, it looks like you do. You know, that's just me trying to hit the ball very hard. Um, oh, and w- my balance throws me off, so the ball goes that way because I fall the other way. <laughs> you know, with the modern-day player, a lot of people say I have a lot of negative things to say about them. 
you know, and yeah, are they harder to manage at times? Yes, they are. You know, not and not every it, not, it's not for every player that falls but, in this category. But the, the thing is though is that the modern player it makes it way more personable to be their coach though because before, it, like you were somewhat close but you weren't as involved, right? It was just that you heard X, Y, and Z. The player told you one thing, and then that was it. Whereas now you're way more involved in all of your players' lives. Yeah. So. And the adv- advances in technology mean we are always connected to our players. They have all of the tools and resources possible to consistently analyze and self-reflect. And like the greatest thing in the world is it'll be midnight on a, on a Sunday night, on a Monday night, and I'll get a text from a player, hey, coach, I'm watching our match from this week, from Saturday, <laughs> and what do you think about X, Y, Z? And my response is always, go to sleep. You have high school. <laughs> You're in high school. You have school tomorrow. You know, but the you know we record all of our matches at the club. Yep. Players have a constant stream of information coming in to be able to assess themselves in matches. You know, kind of fi- you know figure out where you know where they went right, where they went wrong, and all that fun stuff. And then at the same time, you know they have constant feedback. Every team has every every successful team has a group chat among the players that's consistently flowing with messages. Yeah, you know and. The the great thing is, like the post match text, like, "Hey, coach, I'm sorry I let you down because I played bad." Like, "Hey, dude, it, it it is what it is." Like, yeah, well, listen, it wasn't your best match. You you had some good moments in it. Let's let's go in watch well, the film. I, I think players need to understand this. You'll never have a bad match if you always leave it all on the field, right? Yeah. Like, well, if, if yeah. Well, no. Okay. Well, like realistically, there some players all just ba- it's not good enough. Well, but that's a different story. Yeah. It's like so long as you're out there, you're run, you're doing, you're running as much as you can, you're covering as much ground as you can, you're doing the best that you can. Like so long as you went out there and you left it all out there, you can't be upset about it. Like yeah, we yeah, we saw fair. that you tried your best. There's nothing to be upset about. No, that's that's fair. And the one thing I really respect with with a play about players and. The one thing we make a note of at our club is to make sure players understand that if they're giving it their absolute all and they're working the hardest they can work, and they're and they're passionate and dedicated and committed to developing and helping the team doing do, doing their part, that player will never be turned away from our club. Never. You know we we believe that there are late bloomers out there. A kid that might there was a kid who I pulled aside, who when he first joined us a couple years ago, like two years ago, he's on this 05-06 Yeah. He couldn't, he struggled to trap a ball. He was just kind of getting into soccer or whatever. He was friends with a couple of boys on the on the team. Hey, coach, really interested in playing. We'd play him as much as we kind of could. You know, we, we do play a bit more of a competitive le- club level. You know, nothing, nothing too crazy high, but it, it's competitive to the point where... Well, we, we play at three different flights, no? Yeah, we we play a little bit of it, you know. You know, between you know different flights in EDP and the Tri-State Champions League and all this uh, jazz. This player who struggled to you know properly trap a ball, pass a ball, dribble all this fu- all the basics, the fundamentals of soccer, simple technical uh, issues in his game. I feel like you're describing me right now, and I uh, feel like <laughs> no, 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 it's, I'm not describing you. I could be, but I'm not. No, no. Uh, no you're brilliant. Uh, I love playing with you. Even on Sundays. So this kid, he he went from doing that to this weekend, gets played a diagonal ball from one of our center backs. He's, he's playing on the wing. Yeah. 
it was center mid or center back, whatever. Ball comes in out of the air, brings it down on his thigh, plays his second touch into the feet of the 10. Yeah. And I look at this kid, you know, he comes off 10, 15 minutes later. Look at him, I go, hey, bud. How do you think you just did out there? And he looks at me, he goes, huh, okay. You know, shrugs his shoulders, you know, not, you know, not too impressed with his whole game. I turn to him, I go, I go, let's take a moment for a second and reflect here. So while everyone's doing whatever they're doing, this was in the first match of the day. Yeah. I turn to him, I go, remember where you were two years ago when you joined us? He goes, yeah, I remember the town and the field. And that's not what I meant. Do you remember the level you were at? He goes, it was okay. I go, no, no, it wasn't. It was very bad. <laughs> I was very honest with him. I'm not. I'm like, listen, you struggled the very basics. But I'm going to be very honest with you. You've worked harder or as hard as anyone else here. I go, and your development has gone through. You've skyrocketed. You've gone from being able to trap a ball being, pay, uh, being played to you from five yards away to bring a diagonal ball down on your, th- uh, you know, a ball out of the air, down on your thigh and playing that fir- that second touch into your teammate's feet. I go, you couldn't trap a ball, and you've, and you've gone from that to this, to where when we're playing this winter, I'm not sure if you realize, there was times where you had moments that made me go, oh, bleep, well, what this could just do, you know? Um, I just censored myself there. Yeah. And he goes... <laughs> And he turns to me and he goes, hey, he goes, coach, you know, I, I guess you're right. I go, I go, listen, remember, when we self-reflect, don't just look at the bad things you do, the mistakes you make. I go, you've done some, some very incredible, especially by the standards you set when you first came to our club. The standards you've set then, you've, you've completely passed. I go, you've, based on that standard, you've been golden. So now we set, you know, and this was towards the end of the match because I don't talk this much to a player in the middle yeah, of a match. Yeah, yeah. So as a match, I'm like, hey, because he went back in, in the second half, because that was the first half conversation. Second half, he goes back in, and we say, you know, he does his thing again. Looks look, looks looks pretty good in the second half. After I'm like, hey, you you played a good match today. Yeah, we tied nil nil, but you you personally had a good match. I want you to go home and set new standards for what you believe you can accomplish by the end of this season, heading into high school next fall. So, you know, I'm excited to see. But those are the players that every coach loves to work with. Those who, even even though they might not be the most talented, they are going to work themselves to the bone to make sure they can do what it takes to not just make their parents, their teammates, their coach proud, but themselves proud. And this, this is the same kid whose confidence has gone through the roof in, you know, in, in the last year or so. It, it's that is why we do what we do is for kids who we can see grow who might not have had the chance to do it somewhere else because they weren't good enough in the beginning yeah 100 percent agreed where do we go from here Bez? where do we go from here because we've had a phenomenal discussion about our boys or your boys i'm sorry our boys no it's our it's our club our boys our teams our our girls teams it's it's our uh-huh. club Besides West Orange, that's my team. Huh? Yeah, well, the West Orange, that girls team, yes, your team. Well, that that girls team, ah, man, it's like I want I want so much for them. I want them to do so well, but then they go like we started out five zero, right? And there's a rule where like you're not allowed to have a five goal deficit. It's not fair to little kids, and I disagree with it because oh well. And realistically, how much do the 
players even pay, at that age pay attention to the score. Oh, are you kidding me? Like, I have this one girl on the sidelines. She has, like, her fingers up, counting it the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's running on the field with her fingers up. That's 17! <laughs> you only have 10 fingers. I'm counting with my toes. Like. Oh, my God. Yeah, so uh, so then what I did was I put all of our smallest players on the field because I knew it. it was just like, if I put four small kids on, they're not going to be able to do anything. Yeah, like that's fair because they're younger. Like, well, and you end up losing that match, didn't you? No, we tied six oh, six. Okay. So <laughs> talk about a disaster class. Well, because, Lord, because because the girls. We got to call Coach Lou. He's got to give you the boot. You, I, no, you, you gave up a five five nil lead, worse than PSG. No, because the issue was was that like like they, then then they switched off, and like the little girls, <laughs> you, you know that like as soon as they start talking in the middle of the field, not caring about the game, you know, <laughs> you know they've switched off. Well, I believe players or kids nowadays would say, Coach sold. Coach sold. Oh, man. I did, I did, I did. You just, hey, Coach, well, Coach, we're, we're, we're giving up a lot of goals. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> That's, have you ever, have you ever seen the meme of the, of the dog? I guess it's a dog. And, and the house is on fire. The room's on fire. Oh, yeah, everything's yeah. okay. Yeah, everything's fine. Everything's that, fine. That, 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 that was you. Like, Dude, after Coach, that, it's 5 5. Yeah, I, we're okay. After that game, literally. Like Monday and today, we're all we've only been doing defending. That's it. That's all. <laughs> coach, coach was like, "Hey, you know, we do play practice, play like you know, we have to make kids learn through the game." I'm like, "Nope, not letting that happen again." Nope. <laughs> Sit <laughs> back, absorb pressure. Win the header, Coach Artie. We're not allowed to head the ball. Head the ball. <laughs> no, like. Uh, but we... also, it was a little annoying because I, I had a coach that came in and. He said, "Oh, uh, coach, if you don't mind, we don't do corners. Oh, coach, if you don't mind, we uh, we don't use the normal build out line. We use half of the field. Like, oh, it, it was a lot of stuff that I was trying to like maintain and deal with as like being a new coach for like, a club like in the flow of things. And then and... like you don't you don't want to like be rude or like be seen as like like the coach who's like you know mean to like, or not like as helpful to like other like bullying coaches. little kids. Yeah, no, 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 no. What are you doing? That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm saying the coach that came in asked for like different rules than what we usually have. So I didn't want to be like rude to the guy. Oh man, this was this was your golden opportunity. <laughs> you sh- you could have totally be like, yeah, but no one's allowed to run. Everyone must hop. <laughs> you know, you could have come in and be like, everyone should play with one leg tied behind their back. Uh, dude, like when, when like you pull out blindfolds and be like, all players must play blindfold. Since we're all well, coming up with our own rules now. That's what I'm saying. Because like he didn't want he didn't want me to make the build out lines. He only wanted to use half the field. He didn't want corners. Like he tried doing throw ins, even though his girls couldn't throw in for the life of them. Like. And my girls are asking, like, Coach, this isn't how I play. I'm like, I know. Just deal with it. See, this, okay. I'm, I'm telling you, this was your moment. Hey, everyone must play with their eyes closed. <laughs> Coach, we're getting blindfolds. We're getting pinatas. We're not playing soccer. You know, like, no, and you must play on, like, roller skates. And, like, we had also moved the game back a half hour, too, to help with the guy's schedule, you know? So it was just. Yeah, like, that was your golden opportunity. Like, that's what I'm going to start to do. <laughs> I'm going to have a pre-printed a, a, a list of rules. And I'm gonna walk up to other coaches, and be like, "Hey, pick three of the five. <laughs> you know, select three that apply to what you believe we can add to today's match." He's looking at me like, "Yeah, we're no longer allow- we're, we're no longer allowing keepers to use their hands." <laughs> like that that would or, be or, or or the game is split into quarters now. You know, you know, every time the ball goes out, it's automatically a, a penalty. <laughs> but MLS style penalties from back in the day. Yeah, stop those! Oh my god, they tried. Those MLS style penalties was like them trying to bring hockey to soccer. It was like stop. Yeah, but those are the most. Those are those are brilliant, man. Those are entertaining. All winter long, that's all we did with the club. 
is anytime we had penalties, it was it was running penalty. It was MLS penalties, and yeah. that's all the boys ever wanted to do. And the girls, like, they were like, "Coach, let's do the running penalties. Let's do the running penalties," <laughs> just because it's so heartbreaking when you have a guy that is the size of the goal in futsal running at you, and you're trying <laughs> to place the ball around them. You know, and meanwhile, I'm sitting there as the quote unquote ref of horrible, but actually world class. That's a different story, and. Counting down at different intervals, depending on how much I like the kid. And like, Coach, it's been more than three seconds. Nah, it's only been two seconds. I got to start my count over again. You know, but like, though, that is a rule that I would totally add. If I would totally play in a tournament. For anyone running youth soccer tournaments in the, in, in the tri-state area or in the northeast, you put MLS running penalties into your tournament as a tiebreaker at the end of a match, or no match ends in a tie anymore in youth <laughs> soccer. Everything is running penalties. That's the excitement. That is, yeah. Take five minutes off each half. We'll play 80-minute matches so we can do running PKs at the end of the match if it's tied. That is the evolution. If we can include VAR and take away the away goals rule, we're adding MLS running penalties into the Champions League. That's It's all ties back. We're adding new rules now. I, I'm, I'm running. I, I'm writing a letter, and then I'm to UEFA to include this in next year's Champions okay, League format. Okay, Arsene Wenger, calm down over there. You know, no, no, he's he's currently doing whatever FIFA asks him to do. He's all over the world as their advocate, but... Yeah, because a uh, World Cup every two years, imagine that. Yeah, no thanks. Um, But <laughs> going back to where we were, where were we? We were at my girls tying 6-6 and out. Yeah, and you selling. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, dude, I'm being that serious. Monday, it was nothing but defending. Now today, it's going to be nothing but defending. You're punting balls in the air. <laughs> Trap it. Kick it. Clear it. Put your body on the line. No, okay. <laughs> no, so I've actually kept it really simple. What I just do is I have the girls like run in a straight line, and I teach them how to run to the ball and put their foot in. Because a lot of times, they'll go in and they'll kick their knee and not like actually go for the ball. I love the phrase, attack the ball. Yeah. Attack the ball. Attack the ball. And, uh, and, they, just, and, and they go and they hit the ball. Yeah. They, like they, well, but, but sometimes when I because I tried that I said that and this girl, this girl Ashley just went in and trampled the kid. <laughs> yeah, it is, no, the ball has feelings. Um, that's why I just draw a happy face on on the ball. I'm like, no, the ball is happy. It wants you to kick I'm, it. I'm not gonna lie. There's one girl we can see it against, but like she was tinier than my tiniest person, and like at that point it's like you can't feel you like, you can't be mad that she scored because she's like. Because the size difference, yeah, it's smallest like, kid on the field. Messi's one of the smallest people on the field as well, you know. I know. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why nobody cares when Messi scores. Yeah, it's okay. We we let that guy score. Yeah, Ronaldo, no, we couldn't stop him. It was impossible, you know. Yeah. So I have a story for you. Wait, wait, lay it on me. During that halftime talk, there was a gentleman on the field next to us that was watching our boys play. Oh yeah, so, I know who who we're talking about. You yeah. Know? He was there with his son and his father, whoever that other guy was. Mm-hmm. He ended up being friends with Jonathan, who's another, for those who don't know, Coach Jonathan is another member of our staff, was at the match as well. Ended up being friends with him, and he's like, hey, you know, the boys seem to have a great time when they're playing. We have a bunch of boys over in a town where, you know, where where ba- you know, where I coach as a volunteer parent coach, and we have a bunch of good players, you know, What's the club about? And Jonathan's a great representative he's, for our club. Well, he's also for the a club. great salesman. Let's not forget that is Jonathan's main career. Yeah, well, he's <laughs> like he's a great ambassador because he embodies what we believe to be some of our core values. And 
He's honest. It's all about the truth with him, being straightforward, oh, yeah. you know, doing doing things because they're the right thing to do. And, you know, he's asking the questions. One of the guys like, hey, we have training on Tuesdays. You know, if you are free to come by, come by. We're at this field and in, in the town was in Dover. For those listening, Dover is a a largely Hispanic town out in Morris County near Rockwood. A phenomenal soccer program. You know, some like some great players that come in and we showed up to practice last night. <clears throat> the best thing in the world was they have a small side of field on one side and then they have a larger side of field with a bunch of like grass space where there's pickup games always happening and and then there's this little ice cream truck that just stays parked in one of the spots all all day. Phenomenal soft serve. I'm a vanilla with rainbow sprinkles kind of guy. I'm just a plain vanilla soft serve, but with gummy bears. Oh, that sounds good right now. And it's nice weather time. I'm going to have ice cream again today. Should we go to Curly's? Oh, oh, we totally should. After this, yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm down. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll even <laughs> let you treat because you're a nice guy. Aww. So we get there, and you look at this place. There were soccer players and soccer goals everywhere, kids playing small-sided here. On the small patch of grass here, there's grown men playing over there. There's a girls' team on the other half of the field. There's a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. So, we're, like, so we're walking around the park. We're watching, you know, and just enjoying, like, that is where soccer grows in this country is those in in those areas where everyone's playing soccer you know yet you, you, you have the the dads on the sideline watching the training sessions to make sure their kids really developing you know yeah. and all they're doing is playing you know it i turn to jonathan i say like this this is where you find the best players because the, right now these kids, and there was part of the field where there was kids that were three feet tall and maybe 12, 13 years old to high school, college aged and older men. Yeah. All just playing pickup soccer together. You know, they put four cones, two goals on each side, uh, one goal on each side of the field. And they were, and they were playing like 9v9, 10v10 to small little, to small little coned goals. You know, and it was, it was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing, you know, and uh, the gentleman we spoke to, you know, had us come in, you know, kind of, hey, hey, guys, a lot of you guys look good out there. You know, keep up the good work. You know, there's always, you know, there's always something you can be doing and there's always people watching. And even if there is no one watching, just do the right thing. You know, all that, that whole spiel. Yeah. You know, just keep going, keep pushing. Um, but like in that community, that park was... It was amazing. It was soccer everywhere. Every, you know, there's people of every every gender, religion, sexual orientation. I not that we asked or anything, but yeah, like yeah. there was every background, every kind of person, all different types of diversity. Was and there. it was, it was, it was just amazing. It was amazing, and that is, you know, so we we spent like an hour and a half at the, at the field. You know, and it was. It was just nice to see kids having fun. You oh, know? yeah, dude. That's in, a- in such a structured world where, you know, the club that had the, the training sessions going on is a, it's like a town travel team. You know, and like, like at West Orange, it's play, practice, play. Yeah. You know, let the kids play. That The game teaches them best, especially at that level where you have volunteer parents. Yeah. Let the kids play. You know, and it was, it was just so refreshing, you know. Yeah. It, it brought a smile on my face, the fact that I was able to eat 
vanilla saucer with rainbow sprinkles and walk around a park and, and be surrounded by soccer and everyone's playing and everyone's celebrating goals and yelling and you know the men playing in a pickup game over there are arguing over over a goal that wasn't a goal but was a goal <laughs> and it it was it it was great. Yep. So here's the thing. I want to introduce a new segment. It's called Will Thursdays Happen? So for those of you who don't know, Besmir and I have had three weeks in a row where our Thursday games have been canceled. Oh, my so, God. Besmir, what, what is your prediction? Will we have a game tomorrow night, yes or no? I mean, I feel like the league was supposed to start like a month ago. It did. We played one game in the pouring rain. And nobody, down, that our down teammates two, didn't know about. Da- down two guys, and, and, we, and we only lost one goal. I'll I, take it. I, that, was, that was impressive. I... It, that game was miserable. It was. I felt like it was hailing half the time. But here's the thing. I would rather take that game than the game we played in the snow first week. Snow and, that like, That one cold. was fun, too. But those are games... You, whether I'm playing, coaching, whatever, refing, when I was refing quite a bit, I, I always tell people, the most miserable weather games are the games you'll always remember. Yeah, because you're the most miserable. You, you know? <laughs> you but it's like, those are the, like the greatest the memories. Like, pulling a win out when it's, like, 10 degrees out and snowing in a State Cup second round. Yeah. Like... Those are brilliant. You know, everyone talks about the Snow Classico or whatever they called it when the U.S. played and they were shoveling the field while the game was playing. Was that the game in Minnesota when it was a... Uh, may have been Minnesota. Not, not not U.S. versus Costa Rica. It was the actual M- MLS League game. No, I forgot I, no, no, I'm talking about the U.S. national team game oh, against Costa Rica. Yeah, yeah, yeah where... There was, there was also there was also a MLS League game where it was, I think, Atlanta United versus uh, the... What's it, it may have been Minnesota United. Mi- Minnesota FC, right? Minnesota United. Yeah, Minnesota United FC. Um, yeah, like, watch, I, I watched that U.S. game on TV that day, and I remember, like, ball would go to the left side of the screen, the people would run onto the field and shovel off the lines on the right side of the field. I don't know, honestly, it, like, it, that's it, just, it was such a mess, that, but, like, that, those that, are that, the best games. Yeah, but that's also sort of, like, pathetic from the men's national team, if you ask me. Like, just have a game in normal weather. Like, that's not fair to, like, the Costa Ricans just having to, like, go with those, like, dirty tactics, you know? Sounds like their problem. <laughs> Listen, take any advantage you can get. Now, the one thing I've always said is the the toughest thing about this country and the way it's the soccer, our national team is run, we don't have one real home. Oh, field. yeah. However, if you can pull one over in World Cup qualifying or something, if it was up to me, build a stadium in Alaska. <laughs> Make Costa Rica take a flight all the way to Alaska. No, they would have, no. They, they would have to like yeah. stop somewhere and then take Alaskan Airlines. Yeah. Let let let, let, let them use, uh, I believe, the Timbers, Portland Timbers, Alaskan Airlines, their sponsor, right? Yeah. Let them fly to Portland and then to Alaska and then take a dog sled to the stadium for all I care. <laughs> you know, let them play with a grizzly bear or on the field or whatever, a black bear roaming the field. Anything for the advantage because... That's what that's what you'd get in some of the, in some of these countries in uh you know in Concacaf or Conmebol, where like you'll show up to train at a field and, and they flooded the field the day before the match just because they can yeah you know but I think our match will go on this week I mean I hope so it's supposed to be like eighty five degrees tomorrow yeah but also rain supposedly <laughs> eighty five degrees sorry it's too warm to play the game today no but there's also supposed to be rain tomorrow as well which I'm worried about so let's see we're gonna look at that right now. Wow, right now it's in Little Falls, New Jersey. It's 70 degrees right now. Expected high of 75. Oh, it's thunderstorms tomorrow. Yeah, you see? You see what I said, bro? 
that's why I said new segment. Are we going to play tomorrow? Yes or no? Oh, we're never going to play. <laughs> we really aren't. So I, I, I could have taken this money, invested it in the S&P 500, and, and made a killing. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, business words, all right? Um. Oh, wow, wait. It looks... What does it look like? Tell me. Tell me. <laughs> Tomorrow's going to be a high of 84 <laughs> in Lincoln Park. And Lincoln Park is close enough to Wayne, where we play in the league. It's literally you. You walk. You take a five minute ride, a five minute walk down the train tracks in Lincoln Park. Yeah. And our field's right there. Yeah. yeah but if our game gets canceled tomorrow, I'm gonna eat a gallon of ice cream, and I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Okay. Oh. That that will very much upset me. Dude. Uh. Nothing will pull me out of that depression if we have a month's worth of games canceled. The worst thing is the league doesn't say anything. They they copy and paste the same email. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, are we getting too bent over a seven v seven league? No, no, we're not. This is ridiculous. <laughs> really? I, I will play in thunder and light. No, I won't. Not no, not lightning. Thunder, okay, no lightning. Well, that they come hand in hand. No, no, but, no. Thunder's just loud noises. But I'm not the one. I'm not the one touching the goalposts. So let, let's be real. I'm, I'm. I'm not as big of a target. R.I.P. to Coach John. <laughs> All right. Hey, listen. It was. It was nice knowing. Now, actually, your brother's in net tomorrow oh, night. Arch. Um. I don't think Red Bull Two is gonna watch you in the net <laughs> when it's. it's uh, like sounds name. like sounds like his problem. Um. But yeah, no. I hope our game. Our game's on tomorrow. I mean, we'll yeah. have to see. You know. You know. How, I'm tired of losing on Sunday night, so hopefully Thursday night we can start playing uh, some wins. Sunday, Sunday got me so upset. That's a, I've never been upset while playing. Sunday is the most upset I've ever been while playing. I was distraught after the game until I got to my car and then realized, wow, I I'm really am washed up, aren't I? <laughs> Stop. I just I just let a seventy seven game ruin my whole my whole <laughs> mood and attitude and yeah that comes that comes with the competitiveness well, in myself. But I don't think it's competitive. I think it's just because like it ruined my day. We I, I ruined my day too. I woke up we, Monday morning thinking about it. <laughs> so did I. It's Wednesday. We're still talking about it. <laughs> no, because you gotta understand, right? It's like it wasn't the fact that like oh we just closely lost like oh this just barely happened like we were bad. Like there's no there's no if ands or buts or other ways to explain it. We were bad. And don't I know what face you're making right now. I you you were just as bad as the rest of us. Moving on. This is my show. I get to control. What we no, want. well, when that they had that older guy up top, I felt like I was Lightning McQueen out there. I felt like I was Ronaldo reincarnated. Oh yeah, like, dude. Yeah, no. no. I was I looked so quick up against like a thirty five year old forty year old guy. Wow, the guy was probably older than that too. Yeah, probably. I looked good, and he, and he had and he had a bum knee. Well, the one well, knee. Wait, well, did, he, wait, did, like, wait, did you score that night or no? Did anyone score that night? I think we scored one goal. I thought no. I remember, but the week before. Oh yeah, you had a thunderbolt, and then once I, again, you don't believe I me. Put, Hit it as hard as you can towards then, goal, uh, and then I put us in the lead, and I leave. What happens? Oh, we fell apart. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it shows your dedication to our team. I mean, oh, uh, excuse me. Imagine intramural MSU. I am the El Capitan. I cannot uh, leave. Uh, my imagine boys Benzema going. All right, my job's wrapped up and walking <laughs> off the pitch. Like after the first leg, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not playing the second leg. Dude, it was a scheduling conflict, and you and you had more than capable players to finish off that game. <laughs> Clearly, we did it. <laughs> Clearly, we did it. Oh my God! Let's see. 
<sighs> okay, so what have we covered? Champions League. Um, we actually we never picked a winner for the Champions League. Villarreal. That's it. That's what we're going with. Match week official. No. Villarreal. I I don't think they. I think City wins it this year. I think City will win it this year. But I hope not. And then, City, Liverpool, Real, most likely. Villarreal being the big underdog. And then Premier League. So here's the thing, right? If we look at Prem points and everything, the teams that have to really worry. Actually, it's not that far in between. Between 17th and 9th, there's a 12-point difference. So within that 12 points, you have Crystal Palace and tied at 10 with Brighton. Brighton has 37 points. Aston Villa and Brentford are tied. Actually, no, Aston Villa, Brentford, and Southampton are tied on points with 36. Then you have Newcastle with 34 Leeds with 33, and then finally Everton with 28. Think about how big of a point differential that is, just between the lower half of the league. Whereas there's only 12 points in between 9th and 17th, but if you look in between 1st and 7th, it's like 23 23 points. Can those at the bottom of the Prem, Burnley, Norwich, Watford, and relegated. Dude, I don't want. I don't. I don't want Watford to be relegated, bro. Cycling GK, Ben if, Foster, bro. If if Everton was to get relegated, they might burn Goodison Park to the ground. They'll collapse. Like they'll like the club will actually collapse. Um. Well, in that case, if anyone from Everton is listening, I my services are open. I'll work for free. <laughs> Burnley gets relegated. Tarkowski might finally have a way out. They, but they just brought in Woot, uh, Woot Weghorst, bro, and he's been a phenom. Uh, I, I love watching him play. Dude, he's so much six, fun. six, and he's more like, and he's actually like crazily mobile. Like he's actually like agile for yeah. being six, six. Yeah, I know. Puts Peter Crouch to shame. And then Brentford, Southampton, and Aston Villa all three tied. But I mean, Aston Villa's on a losing streak right now. They just lost four games on the bounce. Yep, time to give Gerard the sack. Okay, 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 okay. We're we're we are not harsh like Chelsea over here. Right? We give people chances, best man. And that's why in the last two decades, Chelsea's been the most successful club okay, in England. But listen, the only club I've seen more harsher with managers is Watford. They've already gone through five this season. I think they've gone through about thirteen managers in the past four years. Not even as a joke. So, so then, what do you think the odds? Like Ben Foster leaves Watford if they get relegated. Well, supposedly, I would take my Chelsea as a backup. No, supposedly, from listening to the Cycling GK podcast, which is brilliant, his dream is to MLS. play in the in the U.S. He wants to play in the U.S. So if he goes to the U.S., bye bye, who's ever Red Bull's goalkeeper? Um, well, North Jersey FC might have a team in the Garcia Soccer League next next season. No, no, no. He's more than welcome to come play for us. We need him at the Red Bulls because then, you know what, match weekend, cycling GK collab, you know. That's, yeah, so so Ben Foster, if you're listening. <laughs> ben Foster, please help me. <laughs> if you're listening. Please. Why? <laughs> why? Why? Did oh, you enjoy man. my story of our of our youth team? Like or, she- or, do you, or do you enjoy the fact of how much of a hopeless Manchester United fan I am? It's it's five. It's currently five p.m. in England, and you're listening to the a radio show out in the United States. Yep, on WMSC. Yes, ninety point three. Wow, you remembered. I'm proud of you. 
No, and no, it just says it right here in front of me like that, eight times. Yeah, but, uh, you have to remember the host. voice of Montclair State. <laughs> the voice of Montclair State. You know, it's Ben Foster's quality. I, 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 I thoroughly enjoy getting his perspective and like all of these shows on Amazon and on Amazon Prime and stuff where they go into the depth and follow teams around and stuff. I think are brilliant. Like, yeah, but I think that you have to take them with a grain of salt because at the end of the day, it's being tracked on like, it's. I don't think it's truly as truthful as let's say a Cashrich Michael and a Ben Foster conversation. You know, that's fair. But I would look at like Mourinho has no one, no one to impress. Like his, when he was at Spurs. Oh yeah, but no, but hey, the, like, you're a bad player. You're not playing. <laughs> like, like he, that. That's kind of. That's kind of stuff he said like it's brilliant i love it was Mourinho. also like that on that show like you really did see a side of Mourinho that like you understood why players fell in love with but at spurs you saw that it just didn't work like then then again it's the issue right how much do you blame a manager over the players like at united right people are upset with ragnick and how ragnick has been organizing the team but do you blame ralph ragnick or do you blame the players who are just performing just as bad under ole gunnar solskjaer i would blame well, that's the thing. See, nowadays we blame the manager. And when it's on like Ragnick and they're not performing, it, it clearly it's tough because at Chelsea, Tugel comes in after Lampard, the team wins the Champions League. Yeah. But then again, like Lampard set the stepping stones for Tugel to make yeah, But it I understand, there. but those are the those were the same players that were struggling. Yeah. You know, who did Tuchel bring in? A Lukaku who's underperforming, and he's still reverting back to the same players. It's all the same players from last year. Right? So, like, if you look at it, maybe it does have something to do with the manager and the way they can motivate them and whatnot, but I I think there aren't many managers in the world that can have that impact. Like, if you need a fix, you know, and you have six months left in your season, you're three, four months in, it's November, and you're not sure what's happening... Mourinho comes in, or Antonio Conte. Look what he's done at Spurs. Yeah. Same players that were, to some extent, underperforming, under him. Not that they're not that they're flying high right now, but unbeaten in the last four matches. You know they're fighting for a top four, a top four finish in the Prem. You know how you can't get really too upset about that. You know he. I mean, looking at it right now. I would probably put my money on Spurs taking the fourth spot in well, the Prem. Yeah, I mean, it's just like Arsenal, they collapsed this weekend. I mean, rightfully so. They just got out, personally, they got outplayed by Brighton. But, Which was kind of awesome. But also, Arsenal still have a game in hand against Tottenham. They also have two games in hand against West Ham. So, I mean, there's... There's big things to happen, great games to come, but I do want to sign off today. Besmir, any last things? Any last thoughts? No, I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm actually going to really, the sheet of new rules where I'm going to add to games now, I'm going to propose it every time I coach. How about this? Bring that sheet next week, and that's the first thing we'll talk about. So, oh, look at that. So I'm invited for a third week in a row. Yeah, but we also I might also bring someone else with you uh, that's been waiting a little while to appear on here. So Oh, I know what you're talking about. All right, this is going to be exciting. Well, until next week, I'm Besmir Zuda. And I'm
this is Match Match Week. Week. Top of the hour, WMSC, Upper Lodge.